Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm a journalist, author, interviewer and broadcaster and a podcaster. I also happen to be the person that Richard Harris asked in 1989 to write his biography. And now, a little belatedly, I'm publishing that book. It's called Richard Harris, Raising Hell and Reaching for Heaven. I've made a half-hour podcast, which I've yet to upload, about the book and where it came from, what it's all about. But while I was piecing together clips from interviews I did with Richard as far back as 1987, I found a really funny and also revealing clip we had about psychoanalysis. It came about when I asked Richard if there was a compensatory dimension to his decision to become an actor. There was, and I found that out later, and that's in the book. But here is the almost bloody exchange we had when I dared to raise the question. The man clearly is in a highly defended mode. Well, you trace to adolescence uh, the inventiveness which led to you studying acting. Mm -hmm. Yeah? The bout with TB. Yeah. Uh, two elements in that. Was there, number one, uh, a compensatory factor to that, as you find with many writers, be it Tennessee Williams, who created an alternative life because he was dissatisfied with what he had. And number two, you seem to lose trust in friends, those people who stopped calling through the phase of your illness. I think, I think that's, that is true. I think that probably uh, I kind of felt, um, I felt that being, being, I suppose, I hate to use the word, it's too romantic to use the word abandoned, but one felt that, I think, when one is Richard, young. we can use all these words yeah. like art and abandoned. Yeah. I put them in, I don't think there's anything, yeah. you know. Yeah, but you, They're suspect, but I still think they can be valid. Yeah, they're suspect. No, and now I feel it very romantic. When I was abandoned, when I was six, it's very romantic in a strange way. And, and, and as you get older, I think, as you, what, as I get older, look back at one's life in retrospect. I laugh at such terms. Did you feel you were? No, no, no. It's only a, yes, I'm, but I did say that. I said yeah. one felt that. Yeah. But now when one looks back, I, I'm using a term I wouldn't use now. You wouldn't use it now. I wouldn't use it now. But if you felt it then, it's. But true. I'm talking about. I'm sharing my past with you now. My, okay. I'm sharing with you now. But now in my present day, I'm dividing it. myself and saying that it's a it's a very sort of a cliche, over exaggerated yeah. expression. We you, we tend to use things. Certainly, when I'm in, I'm too. I, I mean, I'm too uh, wise now. To, yeah. Fair enough. Now, that's good. Right. The sense that you were abandoned is what shaped you, right? So, so let's talk about it in terms of how you felt about it then. On oh, those yeah, levels, I, I do just... that. I've got yeah. a great recall. Okay. I think that what really happened really was, I think that when... I think there are two things. One, that you are... It's... it's, it's, it's if we use... If we can get a proper... Def, if I had a, a, a dictionary here and get the right interpretation of what it actually means, the word abandoned, it's a wonderful word because... It is only when one is thrown to one's own resources. Friendships sometimes can be a tremendous, uh, can be a tremendous um, impediment, infliction on people. One, it, it, it can cushion you. They can cushion you. You know, it can, it, it stops you from. It can, it can, it can, it can, it can um, uh, block. I think activities. I think it can, it can hold you back. I think you can, you can, um, oh, there are many, there are so many dangerous things associated with friendships, I think. It's a very, okay. it's a very dangerous thing. Right, and I think that when, in my, when I was, when I had, had tuberculosis and I had to give up everything at that time that I thought was important to me, that it was important to me, in fact, which mm. were friends, you had friends, you had football, uh, you had outdoor activities, were all, were all, were all cut off. 
you're then thrown upon, you're thrown to yourself. Now survive. Yeah. All of a sudden, friends don't come anymore because <laughs> it becomes, and, and justifiably it becomes, I understand, it becomes, you become a nuisance. Right. Oh, fuck it, I'm going to go see Dickie Harris today. Yeah. He's still in bed. Well, are you sure we don't care? We might, mightn't we catch that bug if we go into his room? I mean, the windows are never open because you're not allowed to have too much fresh air. In those days, you weren't. Now, of course, you do. Oh, yeah. How, how even medicine is reversed. 180 degrees. It's fantastic, isn't it? It, it is. Uh, I'd rather hear about it. Okay. <laughs> how it affected you, yeah. No, but don't worry. But just listen. <laughs> you're too impatient. <laughs> you're too impatient. No, you, you have a tendency to talk in abstract again, which is this kind of to go away on things. And I'm, I'm really trying to talk. No, but I'm getting it, but I'm getting it now for you. Circuitous route. No, there's not, because even talking about medicine is... is, 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 is is keeping to a line. Okay. Keeping to the super objective of what we're talking about. Fair enough. Now, now you see you've thrown my thought. You're talking about the friends not coming up. So, so no, 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 no. So what happens, of course, is that, um, um, is that you can, and I can see that point of view, they say, well, will we, will we breed the germ? Are we going to catch the germ? Number one. Number two, well, I don't want to spend my Saturday night sitting there in a room chatting to some fellow all week. I, I was all night. I've done it, you know what I mean, week after week. And you get tired of it. <clears throat> so for one reason or another, and all justifiable, you're left on your own. Now, now, now you have to survive. This is wonderful because outside there, out here, what I have learned in my life, it is, it, it is a matter of, you can only survive it. It is, by, it is on your own you survive. That's why I'm saying this, that, that this is, you know, this is, when that happened to me, what, I, was, I was 19 years of age, I mean, that's a long time ago. And my theory of it hasn't changed. I've only, as I've lived through my life, life has rolled on to me, I can see the validity of that maybe thought that, 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 um, that sprung way back in 1948 or 49. I can see the validity of it. I think that you cannot. I think, it's, I think that, I think that um, we're on our own. You have to survive on your own. You have to, you have to uh, create circumstances through which you can survive by yourself. So was there pain alone that's caused by loss of friends? I don't think that, no, I don't think so at all. I mean, I, I think that probably at that particular time one feels a sense of, uh, of being deserted, I suppose, at that particular stage. So would that have led to creating this alternative? <clears throat> well, the alternative, well, who knows what created the alternative? Who knows? Who knows did it start there and then? One doesn't know. Did it begin there? I don't think it began there or not. I believe that... I don't, because why, why, when I was much younger again, would I, did I go to see Annual McMaster's theatre company that came to Limerick before I went to a movie? Why did I go and sit in the first or second row of the stalls every performance of Annual McMaster, every performance of Lord Longford's group that came to Limerick, every performance of The Gate that came to Limerick? Why did I do that? Do you know? Have you thought? Well, it doesn't make any difference why one did or not. I was obviously drawn to it. I was obviously drawn to what was happening on the stage rather than what was happening in film, or indeed rather than creating, rather than going out and playing in the fields or swimming, or, which I did a lot, of, you know, a lot of as well. I mean, it's very difficult in a strange way to, to, uh, uh, <clears throat> to go back. I tell you one of the things also is very interesting is that there's a wonderful... I studied psychotherapy in America for years. You know, I was a part of an institution in America, uh, and a very, very famous, a very, very famous psychiatrist in America who, who helped Brian Wilson. He got Brian Wilson out of bed, if you remember. 
the time the cook got loose out of bed, he got him after years of being in bed, he yeah. got him out of bed. He was a very famous man. And I became a part of I became a part of that school of, of, of that sort of it was kind of a hobby or activity for quite a while. Uh, and I found one of the most fantastically damaging things about the about modern people, modern thinking, is let us discover why, why, why. America is saturated with psychoanalysis for one reason or another. It's a very good thing for people who are damaged, seriously, mentally damaged. It can be a wonderful thing, a wonderful, a wonderful medicine or a wonderful therapy, a wonderful institution for people to be helped in. But in America, it's become a rage. It, it's become very important. Um, um, so bear with me. There's a, yeah, no, I'm getting to a point here about what questions you're asking. Right? It's a very dangerous thing uh, to unravel to be that so self-interested that you begin to unravel why you did this, why you're here. I hated my mother, I loved my father, I hated my father, I loved my mother. Boom, boom, it goes on forever. Ah, that is why you are what you are. It doesn't change what you are. You still are what you are, regardless of what made you what you are. And all of a sudden you have Americans feeling that it's wrong that I get out of my bed, the left side of my bed. Why am I doing that? And they spend $150 an hour in a, in a therapist five days a week to discover why they get out of bed on the left-hand side. And having discovered it, they still will get out of the left-hand side. Or they'll think it should be a time to change. They'll get out the right-hand side of the bed, which totally disrupts their own mentality and their own rhythm. You see what I mean? Well, that's pushing it to an extreme. I would still so say that if, if I don't that, think it's important. Well, the mere fact I had the mere fact that I had tuberculosis, that I did go to the theatre a lot, uh, that I was forced through no question I was forced because I got tuberculosis to rely upon my imagination. I began to read an awful lot, create things in my own head. Uh, that's a fact. Whether, whether, or not it's whether or not, to answer your question, that is where that I, 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 I got this, I, I created this compensation or not, is something I have no idea. What about all those writers is, and, who, who have asked those questions and, and have, be it Yeats, be it Williams, be it Chekhov, who have gone into those questions and have found that you not only find out what you are, but if you want to change it, you can change it. The example of a person worrying about the side there of the is, no, is the extreme form. There is no, there's, there is no proof whatsoever. There's absolutely no proof whatsoever that having changed it, it made your life better or more understandable. Tennessee Williams was a wreck. I knew yeah. him very, very well. And all the therapy that Tennessee Williams went to did not change his life or help him one bit. He should have accepted what he was and, that, and made the best of it. Do you not think his questioning helped his audiences? As in Chekhov, I, as in Yeats. I don't think it does. We learn vicariously through, through reading or viewing or studying. You think that 
I you, think we do. You think? I do. You do. You think that's that... why I think even the lyric of your MacArthur Park, still wondering why, and now you're saying that the question why is one of the most irrelevant or damaging questions there is. No, the point what is no why? It, why? It, no, I think it is. I think it. I think it's exceedingly damaging if you can't handle it. Right. I. I think that. I. I think the tenant. I knew Williams very well. I can't discuss Chekhov. Neither can you because okay. we didn't know him. Okay. No, but I'm we talking can, about that. We don't even know. We don't. We don't even know that the results of the cherry orchard were the results of self. Self-analysis. We don't really know that. Yeah. We don't yeah. know that for sure. I'm talking of artists who don't. But to Tennessee ask Williams questions. certainly, certainly Williams. Uh, Williams's therapy happened in the latter part of his life when his writings weren't all that bloody good. Mm. You see, you'd have to convince me now that Tennessee Williams, the day Tennessee Williams started to go to therapy, as against the day he started to write good plays. He, his earlier plays were wonderful. Mm -hmm. You see, Marlon Brando, for instance, uh, I said to Marlon Brando one day in London, years after I'd worked with him, I said, it was a tragedy, I said to Brando, it's a real tragedy that all your great performances, all the great performances are lying in a psychiatric, in, in a psychotherapist's um, file in New York, and you paid 75 bucks an hour to him to hide and put away in a, in a, in a file all your great performances. What does he say? He didn't say anything. He laughed. He said it was... Pro he laughed. He didn't laugh at me. He laughed that it may have been true. It may be a mm -hmm. laugh of recognition. Mm -hmm. And when you say you were studying with that guy, was, were you in analysis or were you... Helping? No, no, I was there. I was there because my ex-wife, my uh, second wife, Anne Turkel, was in analysis. Mm -hmm. And I thought the best thing I can do is if I got to understand what she's going through, I must understand the process. See? Yeah. She was a typical American yeah, yeah. that every time there was a problem... She had to discuss it, not with you, but with five other people. She still today is like this. And today she can't go out into this. She can't go out and buy a dress today without consulting, without consulting, I promise you, without consulting an, an, an analyst, still, hang on, a two, two astrologers and a psychic in Bakersfield. Okay, but, this is, but this is common. In America. in America, this is no, common. I agree. I this is very is. common. Why do you think that is? Why? You yeah. asked me why, Richard. You said, yeah. why, is, why doesn't No, why do you think that is? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, gross insecurity, you know. It's, it's a national disease. Just, yeah. It's a national disease, whatever it is. Because they think there are answers to everything. They want cheap answers, quick answers. Yeah. There are no answers. There are no... No, 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 no. But the, but but listen, but but you're a funny guy. You're, you. you're, I hope this is all this goes down in print. No, you're no, a very funny guy because no, it no, doesn't. No, don't put that off. No, no, just worry. Because it doesn't nice. matter. I mean, you've come here saying, okay, here are all my questions for Harris. They're all here in bits of paper. I want to get the answers. But you're getting not what you expected. But you're getting an interview, which yeah. is very interesting. I think yeah. you're getting an interview, not necessarily what you thought you were going to get. So that. You shouldn't despair. That's like a, you must go to therapy if you despair. <laughs> I'm not despairing. No, no. But I'm still intent on sticking to some of these questions. Well, that's okay. Yeah, we'll carry yeah, on. Yeah, but don't despair. No, I agree with you. But don't I'm despair. Not I, I just this is a framework. It's a structure. I understand. But don't. It's like you said, Dean and clipped. That's uh, right. Fashioning apart. I had a skeleton. Sure. But you, the, you flesh it what way you want to. Sure. Do. But the question. But I'm intent also on going. No, 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 but, too. no, no, but I'm not saying that you shouldn't. What All I'm right. saying to you is, don't, don't despair if they're not the answers you expected. I shan't. Because no, we're I, going into a, a, another area, which other, is interesting. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, okay. it is. No, I won't despair. Hi, this is Joe Jackson. I thank you for listening to this clip 
from the longer podcast, though all of what you heard there is not in the other podcast, which is called Richard Harris Raising Hell and Reaching for Heaven. And that also happens to be the name of the book that is being published on November the 17th by Merion Press. It's available from Amazon and also in your local bookstores, particularly if you live in Limerick, it's available from O'Mahony's and they also post worldwide. The reason I'm emphasising that is because Richard's brother told me recently that he remembered shopping there when he was a schoolboy and I've no doubt Richard did too. I thank you for listening to this podcast.